In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about angry nipples. Spike forever. Introducing new fans. Me. Nostalgia Fest for the old fans. And the virgin bus is coming and everybody's jumping. In our discussion of In Every Generation by Kendara Blake. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to discuss In Every Generation by Kendara Blake. <laughs> Standard disclaimer. Squee! Standard disclaimer is a squee this time. If you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just love Kendara Blake and Buffy so much you don't care about any of that, then listen up. That's true. I will also caveat that as well with spoilers about the Buffy TV show, because there will be references. Yes. But the statute of limitations on that program should be up. It was in the 90s. If you haven't watched it by now. Tough? Sorry. Sorry? Not sorry. Should have caught up by now. Hey. Hey now. (laughs) That is not a friendly thing to say. You had time. (laughs) I did. But I'm introduced to the world now, okay? You I'm are, here you now. To be, to be fair, the spoilers of the show are probably going to be fairly limited in this episode, but in the bonus... Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Well, I mean, and that's what we do best. And it's fine. That's true. It's fine. That's true. It's on brand, so it's fine. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so... Do you have any background information? You know, no, I'm, I know, because you should just go and listen to all of our bonus episodes with Kendara for lots of good background info. I don't have anything to share today. Sorry. Um, no, don't, don't apologize. I'm totally with that because, you know, as you can probably tell, we've already talked to Kendara. Yes. And we talk to her all the time. High. Yes. <laughs> How, like, she's, she's I've been. been generally. She's been on so many episodes. She was she was with me in the very beginning. In the BC times. And then mm-hmm. she was with me in my one and only solo episode. Mm-hmm. Well, no, there's there were two solo episodes, but that one was solo, yeah. solo, solo. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about Antigodis. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about all these bodies, and yes. now we're talking about In Every Generation. Five episodes featuring Kendara. Three bonus episodes with Kendara. That has to be the record. If it's not, it's close. I think it might. I think she might be the winner. Although PC Cast yeah, is getting I, up I, there too. PC Cast has been with us several times as well. And Dawn. And Dawn Kurtigich. Although, if we just mm-hmm. curse this episode... Shit. 
Yeah, Dawn's been with us several times. Oh, and Kendara was also on our Halloween special. Yeah, mm, I think I think I Kendara think she's the winner. She is the winner winner chicken dinner. Yeah. Yeah, she really is. And we love her so much. So go back and check out all of the episodes that Kendara's joined us on. So great. I'm so excited. I know. Talk Buffy. I know. <laughs> and see, I was just I was just excited for Kendara because I Spoiler alert, yes. everyone. I was not a part of this world. I watched the movie, but I didn't watch the TV show, minus like a couple of episodes being on in the background where I wasn't paying attention to them. And now I'm in this it world. It just blows my mind. Blows I know. my mind. I know. And there's been a lot of episodes where you talk about Buffy stuff and I'm like kind of pretending that I've watched and I'm just like, yeah. And you'll notice if anyone goes back and watches or listens to, to episodes where Buffy comes up, I don't say a lot in those because I was, I didn't, I didn't want to shame myself. I guess. This is a safe space. We are not judging. Except we are constantly. Except we we are constantly, but we're not going to say it out loud. Right. Right. It's all in the eyebrows. But exactly. You have been inducted into the Buffyverse. Wiggle, wiggle. You are now part of the Buffyverse. I am. And it's thanks to Kendara Blake. It is. It is. But you know what? doesn't matter if you've never seen Buffy before. That's true. Because this is a fantastic gateway you don't even have to go and watch Buffy right you don't any of all the time fiction after this you don't no, you don't because have you can enjoy yeah you, you enjoy it you don't have it. to know anything about Buffy to enjoy this book and I can say that as someone who has not watched Buffy and read the book it was perfect I didn't miss anything I didn't feel like I, I was left out or left behind or, like, not understanding stuff. And I'm sure there was a bunch of stuff that was referenced that you got that I didn't get. But the story was still wonderful and I didn't I didn't feel like I didn't know but what was going on at all. That's the sign of excellent writing. Yes. And where I you're feel like, able to do yeah, that. I feel like we say that every time we talk about a Kandara like book like that's the sign of an excellent writer <laughs> oh hey because she's so she freaking is. talented i know i know but it's it shouldn't be allowed but i love it i know i'm just glad it's bundled up in in her yes it's a perfect little package i almost said fanny pack but go it's a perfect little fanny it pack. is it is check out the bonus episode oh. it's very very important <laughs> It's started. It's it's, started. Uh, it's already begun. Let's start properly. Yes, yeah. yes, let's do. Haley Larson's older sister, Vi, is a slayer and getting ready to spend the weekend at Slayer Fest, a quarterly meetup of all the slayers in the world, including the Buffy Summers. As any responsible half-sister slash parent figure would do, she has bought enough cereal, hot dogs, and milk for Haley to survive on for the next three months. Haley has lived with Vi since both her parents died in a car wreck six years ago. It hasn't been easy, but they've both adjusted. Haley always stays home when Vi goes hunting in Portland. The Northwestern vamps are certainly one of a kind, but it still doesn't make it safe for her. These Slayer meetups are a great time for Haley to chill, read, and eat the stockpile of junk food, so the whole weekend passes without concern. 
Slayerfest seems to have morphed from a training slash networking gathering to a slumber party anyway. But as Tuesday rolls around, Haley becomes super worried. Vi hasn't come home yet, and she hasn't heard anything from her since she sent a few pictures from when she landed in Halifax. Haley starts to gather her things, figuring she needs to go investigate, when there's a knock on the apartment door, and a man with a British accent calls her name. It's Vi's watcher, Spike. And he needs to talk to her. Insert all the squeeze. It's, it's, you know something bad's happened, but it's also a spike. <laughs> Cut to Sunnydale, California, home of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and her Scooby gang, and former proud owner of a Hellmouth. Frankie Rosenberg is one of those who knew of Sunnydale's colourful history and is the daughter of the strongest witch in a generation, which makes her keep one eye open. Frankie is sitting outside during lunch at Sunnydale High, watching the crowds. Her friend, Jake Osborne, bounds over to her as she's sorting the recycling. Frankie is a bit of an eco-witch, or as Jake likes to say, she performs magic divism. <laughs> Though they run different circles at school, Frankie and Jake have been friends since they were babies. Willow, Frankie's mom, has experience with werewolves, so she often babysat Jake, who now lives with his uncle Oz. It's cousin, really, but the age gap weirds Jake out. <laughs> <laughs> they often have family dinners together too, and tonight is one such occasion. As you're finalising plans, Frankie passes out. Oh. Oh dear. It's one way to get oh, out of dinner. it is. <laughs> Frankie wakes up in her bed the next morning. Strangely, her mom isn't doing her usual chicken soup to the rescue routine. Getting ready in a bit of a fog... Frankie snaps several hair ties and rips her favorite jeans, then heads downstairs to find her mom on the phone with Uncle Xander, Oz and Jake sitting at the kitchen table with her. Everyone looks devastated. Buffy is dead. What? Ah, she can't die this again. Is not the first time. <laughs> Or the second, <laughs> or the third. It's a real. She's dead. Okay, she's dead. She can't die. She's cur she's currently god. dead. Oh my god! There was an explosion at the Slayer meeting. Xander and Dawn are in Halifax and trying to get to the retreat site, but it's currently blocked. Giles is okay and has taken what's left of the Watchers Council down deep. Spike is on his way to Sunnydale after a detour to pick someone up. No one has heard from any of the Slayers. The conversation is a little mixed up when Xander asks how Frankie is doing, and then Willow and Oz start talking about potentials, as in potential Slayers. But the Slayer line has finished, isn't it? Willow activated all the Slayers all at once. No new Slayer has been activated since, despite the Slayers dying. After the explosion, well, when Will cast the Scythe spell, she channeled the energy of the Slayer through herself and into herself. Willow didn't know she was pregnant at the time. Congratulations, Frankie, the baby daddy is Senya, the original Slayer, and you're the next and potentially the only Slayer. Yikes. Whoa. 
Yikes. Whoa. Don't say that on Jerry Springer. As Frankie is dealing with this revelation, Spike turns up with Haley in tow. Introductions are made, though Haley already seems aware of the witch who nearly ended the world and Oz the werewolf. Haley has no intentions of hanging around in Sunnydale, though, and plans to take the bus to Halifax and find her sister herself. Frankie, struggling to deal with the massive events, tells Haley she'll show her where the bus station is, and Jake tags along. They wander around, talking about some of the things that happened in Sunnydale that everyone seems to have conveniently forgotten or don't find weird because they grew up with it. As they're waiting for the bus to LA to arrive, Jake smells something in the air. Blood. Checking around, they find three vampires feeding on the station clerk. Frankie shouts that Sunnydale is off-limits. It belongs to Buffy Summers. One of the vampires smiles and says, Buffy Summers is dead, and Sunnydale is open for business. Yikes! What? The vampires chase Frankie, Haley, and Jake, who unfortunately split up. Frankie is panicking, but still manages to trash-talk the Keitha Sutherland impersonator, <laughs> chasing her into a junkyard. <laughs> As they are fighting, Spike turns up and shouts for Frankie to use her magic. She calls a hubcap towards her, which slices through the vampire's neck, decapitating it. Frankie realises she really is the Bracken vampire slayer. Oh, crap. Yikes. Back at the Rosenberg house, the main topic of conversation is how the vampires knew about the explosion. Is the Hellmouth open again or leaking? Do vampires have their own Twitter? It seems it's time for Willow to come out of magical retirement. To test her magic, Jake suggests they make sure Frankie's watcher, Spike, has access to her at Sunnydale High, so it will be a good idea to put a glamour on him. Time to make <laughs> Billy Idol a librarian and ward the school so he doesn't burn up during the day. <laughs> oh, I love how he gets he, he gets put into a tweed suit and he's like, oh... Gilesified. Oh yeah. Like I don't think it's cool for a librarian to have black fingernails. It is, it totally is. It's okay to paint your fingernails, guys. It's the modern image. In a demon tavern, there is a celebration. The slayers are dead, and it's time to converge on the hellmouth. Milt the barkeep prepares the heart of a young woman, Rebecca Granger, and serves it to the brooding demons sitting at the bar. Milt points out that it may not be as nice as a slayer heart, but it will do now they're hard to come by. Milt has recognised the Hunter of Thrace, a demon with the reputation of eating the hearts of slayers. Milt tells him of the rumour of a new slayer at the old Hellmouth. Oh no. Ooh. Oh no. Oh no. Frankie and Haley head to the Sunnydale High School Library. Well, Media Center. A huge room that is basically a vampire microwave and is filled with people. Spike, or Mr. Pratt, shows his lack of understanding of what is cool now, saying that they're going to set up a Dungeons & Dragons club as a cover for their Slay & D club. Yeah, it's cool now. He's (laughs) He's a nerd. 
but the wrong kind of nerd because he's not a nerd. Luckily, the library clears out after the final bell, so they can start Frankie's training uninterrupted, but not without an audience, as Haley, Jake, Willow, and Oz come to watch. As Frankie's parentage is a little unusual, they're training her to physically fight, but also to use her magic. It does not go well. (laughs) While Frankie is having a meltdown, Xander calls. He and Dawn manage to get to the site, but it's not good. They've found some bodies, though they don't know who they are. And there are many more who are still missing. Willow is frustrated that she can't astral project that far to help with the search. But Frankie has an idea. Grabbing Haley and some supplies from the librarian's office, they head out to a spot near the former Hellmouth, where it's quiet to cast a remote viewing spell. Yeah, let's just go to Hellmouth. Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't feel smart. Mm. What they see is pure devastation. The wreckage dwarfs the searchers. Part of the site is clear, though with scorch marks in a swirling pattern. It looks like a portal. As they're staring, Frankie feels a sting in her eyes, and when the spell is eventually broken, Frankie is blind, but somewhat unconcerned by that. Making their way back to the gang upstairs, they tell them about the potential portal, and Haley sketches it out for them. They'll hit the books with this new information, and Willow will contact her friend, who is a sage demon, for help. Frankie gets her sight back by the next afternoon. (laughs) Luckily, Haley took notes in their classes, which they now share. Thank you, Willow, and your computer beep-boop skills. When Haley comes home, Frankie is having wardrobe angst over her outfit for her first patrol. Long sleeves? A hoodie? Once sorted, she and Haley head to Sunnydale Cemetery, where Jake meets them. As they walk through the gravestones, Haley finds out that Jake is a born werewolf, unlike his parents and Oz, who were bitten by Jake's older brother. One night, his parents broke out of their cages and got busy. Patrol could have gone better. Frankie manages to stake newly risen Mr. Palmer fine, but when she starts to chase after formerly Eric Sullivan, Frankie trips over and stakes herself. <laughs> Cringe. I love it. I love it so much. Dang it. Buffy never staked herself. Mm. Eric manages to get away and runs to an old mansion where he meets Mega Vamp. The Countess. Training continues the following day, and there are no cookies for Frankie since she's pulling her punches. Haley, however, shows she's a bit of a scrapper and is willing to fight dirty. Their cemetery escapade also makes the newspaper as a grave robbery. Suddenly, there are gold sparks as a portal opens and out steps the extremely handsome Sigmund DeWitt. Half- Sage demon and portal expert. Whew. Everyone take a second to just fan yourselves over Sigmund. He's a man. man. He's a man. man. But he's also a teenager, so... 
Well, yeah. I mean, I think I would say he's older, like college age. Man. <laughs> Haley, and also us, instantly thirsty. <laughs> Sage demons have the ability to charm, so she might not be that dehydrated. But just Sigmund is very nervous, and he can't help just ooze all the charm everywhere. He's an awkward nerd. <laughs> After their introductions, it's down to business. Unfortunately, it will take some time for Sigmund to research the potential portal marks. Oh, all that time he's going to be hanging around and we get stuck. I know, too bad. (gasps) The next day, Frankie meets Haley outside school. While Frankie was resting, Haley was making mistakes. Walking up the steps, they accidentally bump into a group of girls taking selfies. Because someone wasn't in the perfect light, they push another girl down the stairs and she snaps her leg. This is made worse when she grabs for her phone to take more selfies, stands on her broken leg and the bone pushes through. Yikes. All the freaking yikes. All of the yikes yikes. are in a big pile. Big pile of yikes. Frankie and Haley tell Spike and Jake... When they check out the social media page of one of the girls, Jane Montclair, it is filled with selfies and is constantly being updated with the same picture with mild filter changes. It's seriously odd behaviour. During class, Frankie and Haley share with Jane. They follow her to the bathroom. Jane is standing, looking in the mirror. Frankie comments on her creepy black tattoo of a snake with beetle legs. Because that's what every teenager has. Jane starts to apply foundation, but it doesn't work to cover her dry, grey skin. That starts to break and strip away until one side of her face is drooping and exposed to her teeth. They had to restrain her to get her to the hospital because she wouldn't stop trying to remake her face. But it is just sloughing off. It's like the end of Indiana Jones. Yes! She's melting Nazi. Yes. <sighs> On top of everything else, it seems that there is a freaking insta-demon on the loose. <laughs> it's the Instagram demon. <laughs> Weren't demons <laughs> supposed to be terrible with technology, though? I mean, think about Spike mm. and his... Beep boopiness. It could just be Spike being an old man. It could be. It could be. Straight away, Sigmund is suspect number one for Jake, as he saw him tutoring Jane the previous day. Shut up. It's not an alpha wolf or jealousy thing. Really. It's truly not. Sigmund is a newbie, and his half-demon status is enough to force Frankie and Haley to very reluctantly tail him. And he is so boring. (laughs) Sigmund goes to get coffee and wander the town. It's not exactly nefarious stuff. But then he tosses his coffee and seems to disappear. Dang it! Better tell Spike. When they get back to the school library, who should be there with Spike and Jake? 
Sigmund, that's who. Yeah. <laughs> Sigmund has been doing his job and investigating the portal, so it was required that he use portals himself to get to the site for tests. Also, he feeds on stupid, not making people's faces melt. So while he tutors, <laughs> they learn, and he grabs lunch. Ooh, convenient, yes. As the Instademon investigation is back to square one, Haley decides to test it by pulling out her phone and posting a cute selfie. Instantly, she has a DM and a follower, CollegeBro21, who seems to be following the whole school. Very soon after, Haley is craving eyeshadow, foundation, and scented lotions. Her social media is constantly posting pictures from her phone, despite it being in her pocket. And CollegeBro21 is liking every picture. On Haley's arm, the creepy snake tattoo has appeared. Thankfully, Sigmund recognizes a symbol for a succorose demon who siphons energy from people. For it to be pulling this much energy so quickly, it must be a big contract, and the only way to stop it will be for the contract to be completed or the broker killed. While Sigmund stays with Haley, Spike starts the hunt while Frankie makes sure Jake gets home okay. It's a full moon that night, so he needs to wolf out. As Frankie is finishing the Three Little Pigs story to wolf Jake, Spike texts that he's found the Sakuro demon's lair. Ooh. Frankie heads to the woods near Marymore Park, where she finds the Sakuro demon hunched over a tablet. The demon is tall, very tall, with long hooked talons and sharp pointy appendages. As they begin to fight and exchange witty repartee, Frankie lets slip she is the slayer, making the demon turn tail and run off into the woods. Crap. Dang it. Meanwhile, back in the library, Haley is getting worse until suddenly it all seems to stop. Frankie must have found and killed the demon after all. No, no, she no. did not. Frankie got lost in the woods. <laughs> Bless her. Willow, Oz and Spike find her and not long after, the remains of the Sucro demon thanks to Oz's nose. The demon is in pieces. Its heart is missing and its entrails spell out Countess. Entrails are notoriously bad spellers. So who did this? The Countess has lost her energy supply that she was getting from the Insta-Demon, leaving her hangry. Her trusted right hand, Anton, appraises her of the tunneling work from the old mansion to the city and lets her know that she has a visitor, the hunter of Thrace, Grimlock. He has come to offer his services to kill the new Slayer. All he asks for is her heart. Mm. Uh oh. Specific dietary requirements. Oh, no. He is not vegan. No. During a breakfast meeting of the Scooby Gang, they're debating whether the entrails spelling Countess refers to the Countess, Elizabeth Vathre, or a fake Countess. Spike calls bullshit. There are always fakers coming out of the crypt, styling themselves as Elizabeth Bathory. 
He at least suggests that they start spreading the word that Frankie is the new Slayer, because if the Sucker or Demon was scared of her, the news may chase off the Countess too. Meanwhile, the Countess is enjoying a delicious meal of Virgin's blood. Frankie is on patrol in a playground. When, as she's hanging upside down from the monkey bars, vampires attack! (sighs) Haley is waiting for Jake to turn up so they can join Frankie on patrol. He lies to his friends, as cover of course, and tells them that he and Haley are going on a date. Ugh. They hear Frankie fighting, and when they reach her, having staked a vamp on the way, they find Frankie winded, but okay. She took out two vampires and a handsome, mysterious, stranger man took out the last. On Monday in the library, Frankie tells Spike about the stranger. Haley recognizes the tall, dark, and handsome description of a man in a photo Vi sent her from Slayerfest. He is clearly watching Vi and the other Slayers in the photo. Sigmund identifies him as Grimlock, the hunter of Thrace, and says that this is bad news. He must have been the one to take out Buffy and the other Slayers. Oh no. oh, no. Willow and Frankie perform a location spell over a map of Sunnydale to find Grimlock. They find a huge nest in the hills. Great. Downstairs, Jake and Haley are picking out weapons. Ooh, a cleaver. Sigmund won't be joining because he's a researcher, not a fighter. And he doesn't think it's a good idea to go after a hunter. Sigmund also points out that he's not too sure Sigrinlock is the one responsible for the explosion, because what good would it do him to explode all the hearts that he wants to eat? It's an excellent mm. point. Plus, he's had an ample opportunity to kill Frankie. Jake mm. and Haley don't agree. They're wrong. <laughs> Piling into Spike's car, the new Scooby gang heads to the spot the spell burned into the map an old mansion on a hill. When they reach the house, they find lookouts in the trees and a near-constant stream of vampires with tools coming in and out. Then they spot the Countess, resplendent in a gold dress with the Hunter of Thrace by her side. Everyone but Jake wants to attack. Then they realize they've been spotted, and Spike changes tactics. (laughs) Run! It's a fight back to the car, but Frankie stays to draw the vampire's attention, letting the Scoobies escape. As Frankie runs, the vampires chase. Eventually, she is cornered, and she tries to fight the overwhelming numbers, when Grimlock steps up and starts ripping vampire throats out. What? Why is he helping her? Good question. The stories of Grimlock... Hunter of Thrace, eating Slayer hearts, is grossly exaggerated. He fought a Slayer once, but didn't eat her heart. He also didn't cause the explosion. He was actually there to watch over the Slayers, and Buffy, and the other Slayers know him. Grimlock also informs Frankie that the Countess is THE Countess Bathory. And she can't be killed. She is a true mortal. Oh, snap. 
He has been running interference, but it's going to become obvious soon what with all the times he hasn't killed her yet. Frankie reports all this to the library the next day. Sigmund has been able to find a reference to a poison called Virgin's Bane that was apparently useful once in taking down the Countess. Across the city, the Countess is planning a party so she may bathe in the Virgin's blood and walk outside again. She also orders Grimrock to find the new Slayer so they may share her. Haley and Sigmund are left alone in the library and reshelve some of the books they've been looking at. As Sigmund reaches up, a baggie with dirt in it falls from his pocket. He's been portaling to the explosion site to get samples of the portal there for testing in Willow's lab. A little while later, as Sigmund walks Haley back to the Rosenbergs, they see flyers for a dance that weekend at the school, and Haley asks him to go. He says, yes. And as they carry on their walk, Sigmund slips his hand into Haley's. Just before they reach the Rosenbergs, they come across Frankie talking to Grimlock. The demon tells Frankie that virgin's bane isn't a poison. It was a virgin who drank poison and sacrificed herself to the Countess in order to neutralize her. Crap. Spike comes along then, and an argument starts. Haley points out that Spike is projecting his issues onto Frankie and Grimlock, and though this may be true, he also has a point that Frankie needs to start following orders more, including not inviting the Hunter of Thrace, who they cannot trust, to dinner the next evening. (laughs) (laughs) She's just being good, slary horse. Right, she's just being friendly. Exactly. In the Rosenberg kitchen, Sigmund hands the baggie of portal dirt to Willow, who promptly has a taste nope. of it. Don't eat, don't eat dirt. Don't eat portal don't dirt. Don't eat dirt in general. It's, but she identifies that it definitely is a portal with ma- enough magic residue to recast. Oh. Also, it just tastes plain nasty. Mm, yeah. Sigmund takes the remaining dirt and the remains of Spike's dinner, mixes it into a bowl, says some demon language, and the portal opens. As they dither about who was going to go through, Haley jumps in. Willow follows, as do Frankie and Spike. They end up behind where the magic box used to be. The next day, Spike is training Frankie in both physical and magical attacks. Grimlock turns up as promised, but his presence distracts Frankie, so her performance is only so-so. Grimlock points out that they're training her incorrectly, which annoys Spike, and they start arguing, only to be interrupted by a phone call from Xander. They've found a survivor. Sadie. She's in the hospital, unconscious, and Xander and Dawn are now dividing themselves between Sadie and the site as the search and rescue team were going to change tactics to recovery until they found Sadie, yay, and realized that there is a chance that more Slayers survived. Yay. He'll keep them updated. Slayers are a renowned hardy lot. They really are. They really, really are. Frankie is helping Haley shop for a dress to the dance, and while they're searching the racks, Haley wants Frankie away from Grimlock. 
Though slayers have a history of tragic relationships, Frankie doesn't need to follow it. They then spot a flyer for a promise dance Saturday night. Celebrate your decision to wait. B-Y-O-B. This is obviously a trap, as they know the Countess is gearing up for a big virgin feeding. In the library the next day, Frankie tells them about the party. B-Y-O-B could be bring your own blood, or it could be an underground (laughs) rave. Sigmund has seen this around DC a few times. It's decided that Haley and Sigmund will go to the dance at the school and Frankie and Jake will check out the promise dance. Mm. Mm. Purity rave. Purity rave. It's Saturday night and Haley looks stunning in a new burgundy dress and Frankie looks amazing in her mom's black Prom dress. Haley and Sigmund head to the school dance, but prepared for it to be interrupted in order to save a few dozen lives. Jake is late picking up Frankie, which she expected. When they get to the address, there are loads of people milling about, but no signs of a party. Asking one of the girls standing around, they learn that the real location of the party is at a mansion and they have really fancy shuttle buses running between them. Time to activate the Scooby Gang, as this is definitely the Countess, which is somewhat unfortunate as Haley and Sigmund are having a great time on their date. Sigmund even reveals he's thinking about staying in Sunnydale to help the new Slayer. Things take a turn, though, when they spot formerly Eric Sullivan in the crowd, and the Scooby signal is activated. While Haley and Sigmund head to the mansion, Spike will go after Eric on his way out. Frankie and Jake sneak inside the mansion behind a group of fresh-off-the-shuttle virgins. (laughs) Fresh-off-the-shuttle virgins. Vampire security is everywhere. When they reach the ballroom, Grimlock spots Frankie and doesn't look too pleased. And with the supernatural speed, he reaches her side. He was going to enact the Virgin's being plan by poisoning someone in the front of the crowd and not tell Frankie as he knew she would object. Jake takes the poison so neither Frankie nor Grimlock can do anything stupid. Meanwhile, at the warehouse, Willow and Oz are dealing with disgruntled teens and vampires and Haley and Sigmund rush to help. Oz partially wolfs out and fights a couple of the vampires. Willow gives up acting normal and starts throwing fireballs at vamps while ushering teens away. Haley dismembers a vampire to death and Sigmund uses his mojo to get more of the teens away. Eventually, Haley, Willow and Oz are able to take one of the buses to the mansion to help Frankie and Jake. As the Countess takes to the stage to welcome her meal, Frankie, Jake and Grimlock frantically debate what they should do. Chaos. They need chaos. So Jake disappears to create just that. A cry of, cops everywhere, has the crowd panicking and making a mass exodus. As the Countess calls for Anton... Frankie makes a graceful and very Slayer-like leap onto the stage and lands next to the Countess. They fight, 
they banter. Then Frankie gets distracted by someone chomping on Jake. And the Countess utilizes this opportunity to strike. Frankie stakes her. And nothing happens. Grimlock enters the fray, grabbing the banister the Countess was wielding before it hit Frankie. Spike, Haley, Oz, and Willow enter the ballroom. Haley and Oz head for Jake and pull off the munching vampire. Meanwhile, the Countess has turned on Grimlock. He promised her a heart and must deliver, so she reaches into his chest. But her hand leaves red but empty as Frankie hits her over the head. Frankie then grabs Grimlock, shouts to the rest of the Scoobies, and they escape the ballroom. Piling into the bus filled with virgins, Oz drives straight to the hospital and hurries Jake inside, followed by Willow. Sigmund arrives to take over driving so they can take the rest of the virgins home. <laughs> Tonight has not been a victory. No. no, no. They are miserable and defeated and exhausted. Sitting around the Rosenberg's house, every Scooby is banged up somehow. Thankfully, Jake is going to be okay and Oz and Willow stay at the hospital with him. Tonight was a wake-up call for Frankie. She's the slayer, for goodness sake. Frankie tells Sigmund to round up all the books on the Countess because they must have missed something. Frankie put a stake in her heart and nothing happened. But something must work because the Countess needs to die at death. <laughs> this is time-sensitive now. She it really, really is. Meanwhile, in the mansion on the hill... The Countess is sulking. The stupid Slayer spoiled her party. Mm. <sighs> Anton assures the Countess she did not and brings out 20 virgins who had been hiding in the wine cellar during the chaos. Mm. Perfect. <laughs> the Countess can have her meal and then go after the closest to the Slayer. The witch? Best not right now. The old werewolf? Soon. The Vampire Watcher? Yes. Don't you dare go after Spike. Keep him safe. We will revolt. Keep him safe. Spike. Keep him safe. Is hurt. Frankie doesn't sleep. She just keeps researching. Spike has returned to the library to continue searching there, and the others have fallen asleep on the books. Shortly before dawn, Frankie heads upstairs to prepare when Xander calls. Sadie is awake and able to talk. Sadie told Xander that Faith died saving her from the explosion. Faith got her out of the way before running back into a building to save Buffy when all hell broke loose. Her resolve hardened. Frankie gets dressed, wearing a leather jacket her Aunt Buffy gave her. As she leaves the house, Grimlock tells her that she looks like a slayer. He'll also be coming with her to put the Countess down. Thanks. Sigmund shakes Haley awake with the news that Frankie and the Hunter of Thrace have gone. Quickly getting ready, they head to the hospital and spring Jake and then go to the mansion. They find Frankie and Grimlock walking up the road. After much arguing and denial about needing friends and putting people in danger, they finally agree that the Slayer needs her Scoobies. And she just needs to accept that as fact. Next, they need a whole load of mirrors so Sigmund can light up the catacombs and also create a trap 
for the many vampires down there. Grimlock points to a dumping ground and vampires made when clearing out the mansion, and amongst all the stuff is a Prada bag, nice, and a pile of mirrors. Very convenient to have a mirror pile. It's a well-organized junkyard. It it is, yeah. The mirrors work brilliantly, helping to light the way and take out vamps. Frankie, Haley, and Grimlock slowly make their way through the catacombs, taking out more vamps on the way, when suddenly Grimlock is pulled into the darkness, and formerly Eric Sullivan steps out. What? Haley's got this. Eric starts showing off his track skills, and Haley, not being a sports fan at all, only puts up with his shenanigans for so long before the opportunity to stake Eric presents itself. Meanwhile, Frankie runs off after Grimlock into the dark. Casting a spell to create a cool, magical red light, Frankie hears a bellow. Further down the tunnel, in what is obviously the Queen's Chamber, Grimlock has Anton beaten on the remains of a box of dirt, Dracula style. The Countess is nowhere to be seen because she has gone after Spike. No, you leave him alone. Stop. Stop. Frankie suddenly realizes that the Countess is a daywalker. Oh, Shit. no. At the school, the Countess has had her first go at driving and made it to the school library. And the Watcher. He may be protected from the sun by the witch's spells in the school, but that only extends a few hundred yards. Oh, no. no. You leave him alone. You stop it. Do not. Barbecue spike. No, do not do it. Stop it. No, stop it. Stop it. Frankie and Cor reach the school just as the Countess is dragging Spike to the edge of the sports field. You stop it. Stop it. Frankie makes a cool dive out of the moving vehicle and runs towards them as the Countess throws Spike into the air. Before he turns into flaming dust, a mysterious, masked, hooded figure grabs him out of the air and starts giving the Countess the beating of her immortal life. Yes! Yay! Frankie can tell it's a slayer. Is it Buffy? The mask falls as the slayer, Vi, stakes the Countess, just as Frankie shouts to her that stakes don't work on the Countess. Damn it! The fight is relentless, and when Frankie uses her magic to wield her knives to shred the Countess, it gets messy. As the Countess weakens, Vi is able to help, and together they dismember the Countess and scatter her body parts across the field. They, they did, did it! it. Yay. They've done it! Yay. Well done! Yay. Yay. And that hand over there is flipping everyone off, and that foot over there is trying to kick people. But yay, yes. you did it! <laughs> yay! Once the Countess is down, Haley comes running toward them, shouting Vi's name, but Vi puts her hood back up and takes off into the woods, not acknowledging her sister at all. Mm. I know, go to the bonus episode for more on this discussion, but she's still a vampire vampire hunter on, to me on the inside. I don't care what Kandara says. She's lying. Vampire. She's a vampire. Yes. She's a vampire vampire. She's throwing the They decide they need pie, which is reasonable. 
So they go to the bakery down the street before bagging up the countess's parts to take back to Willow. After many, many, many hours of sleep, the new Scooby gang are looking at the countess's parts, missing her head as Anton took off with it on the Rosenberg kitchen table. Damn it, need that head. The parts are weakening and trying to reassemble, but if the connecting parts are kept separated, it should keep the Countess at bay. I mean, what are you going to do if all of your parts are separated everywhere? Even if they're still living, what are you going to do? I mean, is that one finger going to kill someone? That would take a lot of effort. No. The little toe is the the most deadliest part of the body. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's an angry nipple somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> bloody nipples honestly yeah, they are angry they are if there's any part of the body that is angry it's a, it's nipple. a nipple it's an angry nipple <laughs> they decide to ship her parts including her angry nipple to various people and places around the world to keep her apart but willow decides to keep some little bits for magical science science <laughs> frankie takes a hand to grimlock same one that tried to pull out his heart Really nice gesture. Touching Grimlock isn't sticking around because he needs to find his Slayer love. The whole reason why he was helping them all in the first place. But he'll keep one ear open for Frankie should she need his help. Frankie heads home feeling like the Slayer. Because she is one. Okay. I'm going to squeeze. I know, we have to, we need a squeeze break. You would squeeze break. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. We are the hosts of Badass Literature Society, a book review podcast where we take book recommendations from listeners like you, read them, and then discuss them on our show. Join us once a month as we dive into the books you picked and talk about them. And don't miss our bonus episodes covering all sorts of random bookish topics that come out in between reviews. Don't worry, if you want to read one of the books, the first part of each episode is designated spoiler-free, so you can listen and see if you'd like to read it, and then come back and listen to the rest later. You can find Badass Literature Society on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and anywhere else you like to listen. Now, back to the show. Did you get all your squeeing out? No, you're gonna have to put up with it while we discuss, but that's fine. I that's love fine. this. It's book just so constant much. squeeze. It is constant squeeze. It's just satisfying all over the place. Yes. I'm so glad you are in the Buffyverse. I know. I'm very, very happy. I'm very, very happy that it was Kendara that brought me in. Because yes. everyone knows, everyone a, knows how I feel about her. Exactly, this is a fantastic introduction, and if you like Kandara already, it's the perfect gateway. Mm-hmm. So good. There is no like violent twist though that makes you want to throw the book across the floor, which is pretty <laughs> key in all of Kandara's other books. 
I was waiting for some like heavy violence. Yeah. But it didn't happen. But then it. But it did. You know, but it did. It did, but it but didn't like really. in a cute I mean, way. Yeah, when the countess puts a hand in Grimlock's chest yeah. and comes out bloody, that's probably the most blood you will see because. I mean, you know what TV series is like, especially, you know, a young adult TV series. You do not see blood. No, there's not a whole lot of blood. Sword fights happen. You know, you, no you will see a little bit of blood if this were to become a TV show. Hello, Disney Plus, please uh, make this a TV show. There will be a little bit of blood, you know, because Spike's got to eat. He's going to yeah, have it's a... in bags. He's literally drinking it out of cups or mixing it with his hot chocolate. Mm. Spike drinks hot chocolate blood. Mm. How cute is he I now? Him. I love him. And I really, really loved texting you or messaging you like, I'm supposed to love him, right? Yes! I'm supposed to love him because I do! <laughs> Even when Spike's first introduced on the show, and, you know, as I discussed in the bonus, I'm re-watching Buffy, and Spike comes in season two, and even in his introduction, you think, oh my god, this guy... He's awful. William the Bloody. Because he's a bloody awful poet. Yes! Which is <laughs> hilarious. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's, he's nasty. He is... He's killed two slayers already. That's a lot. You know, most people cannot take a slayer yeah. out. He's killed two. <sighs> and his girlfriend is batshit local with Drusilla. You think, this guy is willing to do anything and everything. And now... He's drinking hot chocolate. Bloody hot chocolate. And wearing tweed. And wearing tweed. A forced, forced wearing tweed. Forced wearing tweed. But, you know, he's working it with his black fingernails, yes. so that's fine. But, yeah, it's like... Oh, it's amazing. It was complete fan service, but it wasn't at the same time because it's a new generation. Yeah. Um, and it just... Yeah, it's a gateway into the Buffyverse and more vampire fiction. Right? Like, just just what we need. More vampire (laughs) books to read. As if we don't have enough already. (laughs) More, more, more. All vampires all the time. Oh, my God. I honestly, we could do every episode purely just on vampires. We really, really could. I'm afraid that Fictional Hangover is just, you know, as we go through the years... We're just going to shift, and it's just going to be all vampire books. It is. I mean, we had to come up with the flipping book club theme one month. That was, you can have any monster but a vampire, just to make sure we, we got other vampires in, other other monsters in. Before you slip there. But, yeah, okay, it's fine. We're going to run out eventually, surely? Yeah, I'm Possibly. sure we will. It, it's going to be, you know, at least once a month for forever. Well, exactly, because we still have our vampire book club. Right, and we can't... Shout out to our vampire book club. Yes, it can't not, book can't not be... Can't not be vampire book club. Well, exactly, exactly. It's fictional fangover. Yeah, this is fictional fangover. <laughs> it's, it's accidentally going to become that, and then we're just going to be like, well, fuck. <laughs> it's all vampires all the time. <laughs> Well, when Disney Plus eventually starts sponsoring us because they are producing the Buffy series that we all need Right, and, and we're talking it into existence, and it is going to happen. If we say it enough times, it will happen. Sure, exactly. sure it will. Exactly. Sure it will. We're, we're, we're channeling it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, when they start sponsoring us to do fictional fang mm-hmm. over, then it's all vamps all the yes. time. And there's plenty of Buffy literature out yeah. there, graphic novels and stories, yeah. etc., that we can even work our way through. And we could even do a podcast for every episode. Right, yeah. It's, it's... And I'd be more than happy with that because Disney would be paying me. Right, yes. <laughs> I would almost do anything to be paid to make fictional hangover. <laughs> Anywho, we Stop should it. probably yeah. talk about Because we book. have a lot to talk about. Although we did talk quite a bit in the bonus episode, so make sure you go and check that out. Definitely, definitely, yes. definitely. What stood out for you then? Um, I'm pretty sure that my favorite part is Frankie staking herself. <laughs> and that they wouldn't let it go. I don't think any Slayer has ever staked themselves <laughs> until Frankie Rosenberg. She staked herself. <laughs> Get out of city, but it happened. <laughs> So clumsy. So gutsy. <laughs> but she's fine. Because she's a slayer. Yes. <laughs> she slayed that one part. Of she her did. Leg. She slayed Ooh. it good. It won't do that again. <laughs> um, other standout moments, other favorite parts include the whole just short section with the insta demon because I love that. like you know i'm not i'm not a watcher of the show yet i have watched a few episodes now and i love it and i'm in but to me in my head not having watched any episodes prior to reading this book except for the ones in the background yeah. like we've mentioned before yeah. I really felt like this Instagram demon was a monster of the week, like on Supernatural or on X-Files. And I love the monster of the week. But then you've got the Countess in the background doing all this terrible stuff. And I was like, oh, man, this is really cool. It's like episodes of a TV show. It's the monster of the week episode. And that's literally what she was doing. And and I was like, oh, when I found that out. Yeah. God. I, I adored the Insta-Demon. It's just so. It makes you question your own reality as well. Like, we 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 hear the term influencer all over the place, and I don't like the term influencer, and I don't particularly like the association and description of what an influencer is. And you kind of think, actually, yeah, an influencer is an insta demon. Mm. It's 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 terrible. Yeah. It's not a good thing to be. I would hate to be called an influencer personally. Right. Unless um, we're influencing people to read vampire books. Or Disney Plus or to Disney produce Plus this yes, program. Yes. Then that's fine. We we have influenced. We are not influencers. I think there's a, yes. a key difference. Yes. Um but yeah, it just thinks, yeah, this is this is this is exactly it for the modern age. We need things like Insta Demons. And there was the jokey comment about do vampires have their own Twitter? Well, no, because Twitter is such a hellscape. Right. They're it's already a, in there. It's anyways. a cesspool. It's a glittery cesspool. It, you don't need to have a separate social media Mm-mm. for that. And I just love the fact it's 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 that Buffy monster of the week, the supernatural monster of the week, the X Files monster. Because I was I watched all of those. Those that's my mm-hmm. bag. Um, but that familiarity, that nostalgia was there, but modern day. Yeah. And that was a perfect marriage of the old and the new. 
was, but the like the scenes with the insta demon and the people who were affected by it were just gruesome like the girls standing on the stairs no not even that when they're taking pictures on the stairs and they like fight each other but they're still taking selfies and then the girl falls and breaks her leg and it snaps and her bone comes out and she still stands up trying to get good lighting for her selfies the broken bone in my opinion in that leg and the description of it was worse than the sloughing skin i mean i like that i thought that was great and she's standing in the bathroom like trying to put on her makeup and like her her skin is just oh exactly but my brain like you know we said as we're doing the summary my brain went down the indiana jones route so right it turned into a bit of comedy whereas the leg grossed me out more because the bone was pushing through the skin and that freaks me out a little bit so that both descriptions are brilliant right. and wonderful yes. perfect and faultless yes. but in terms of ickiness it was the bone Ooh. that icked me out more than the skin mm. i mean if i was to see it face to face which i don't want to see it no. face to face it might be a different story but right. yeah the bone mm. ah, i didn't yeah. like that oh but i loved it <laughs> i loved it but yeah. loved it. Oh. <laughs> um what else do i love I love the Countess and her uh, rude body parts. I love the Countess being hungry and wanting balloons and streamers at her party and then sulking when it gets interrupted. It's like, excuse me, are you 500-year-old adult? Because she's described as being, you know, a very attractive in her 50s. Yeah, she's mature. Mature. I love that as well. A mature. Like a Lady D. And... Resident Evil Village, mm. immature, presenting villain. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. But obviously, the Countess, for her bathing in virgin's blood, her skin is faultless. Yes, of course. I, I think I need to adopt her regime. Yeah, really. I like that she's... That's all she eats. She only eats virgins. And, like, she wasn't turned as a vampire. She just drank so much virgin blood that she was just like, oh, I'm a vampire now. I am immortal. Yes. Yes, honestly. Amazing, amazing. Loved it. And how Spike is calling bullshit that it's actually Elizabeth Bathory because there's always an Elizabeth Bathory. And it's like, no, no, Spike it. It really oh, is. It really, really is. Oh. And he's like, bloody hell. <laughs> bloody hell, man. I adored Spike's Giles Miracle, yes. by the way. It was perfection. It, yes. <sighs> I mean, Spike's been a watcher for 10 years in the universe now by this point, so he didn't need to be tweedified. But in well, order, if you're going to be the librarian yes. at Sunnydale High, you, have to, you need to don the you tweed, tweed. You need the jazzification. Yes, and <laughs> he can change his clothes, but the wrinkles sustain. Yes, I love that she's aged him, and we learn why in the bonus episode. In the bonus episode, <laughs> which you'll have to listen to because we're not going to. No, say we're not. <laughs> <laughs> And Jake was not my favourite character. I loved the Jake character. Right. 
heat, but he wasn't my favourite. But I really enjoyed the fact that he plays with a squeaky toy. He's been known to chew on shoes. Um, shoes. <laughs> and he has such doggy-like behaviour at points yeah. that it's like, where does the werewolf begin and the boy end? And you know, the, the crossover is mighty and it's all tied in. And obviously it's, it's because he's a born yeah, he's, werewolf, he's, not a male yeah. werewolf. Yeah. He's always he's been a werewolf. With Exactly, and he's just so awkward with Oz because Oz is technically his cousin, mm-hmm. but because of the age difference, he likes to call him his right. uncle. But then Oz also refers to himself as being Jake's parent, right? Because that's, that's the role he yes. is in Jake's yeah. life, and it's like, and then they're like, oh, but they're just two bachelors that live in. <laughs> I know they're just <laughs> two complicating their relationship. Two werewolf bros. <laughs> living together it's an over, over complication that they're building yeah. but I do really enjoy it and I'm so glad Oz is in Oz is one of my favourite characters He just he's in the background so much in the show and every now and again he comes to the forefront and just Ozifies everything but I mean you know Seth Green as the actor yeah. he has a type yes I love Seth um, Green exactly and he just shines and steals the scene every time that he's in it and he's just so dorkishly nerdy awkward but he's the lead guitar of Dingle's Ain't My Baby so it's kind of he's cool as well yeah he's totally cool yeah and I'm so glad that we have this discussion about Oz and Willow's relationship in the bonus episode Mm -hmm. which I'm not going to go into now because you're going to get the bonus episode we are ridiculously annoying by referring so much to the bonus episode but the content in there is gold that really it's a supplement it is a full supplement to this discussion and I'm glad that we get that explanation as to why Oz and Willow's characters have been you know are interacting the way that they Mm -hmm. are and it's very mature and it's very grown up and it's um, as the nostalgia Buffy person it's giving me those old style feels but it's also showing me how much they've matured and become an adult which I very much appreciate what else do you like? I talked about all the stuff that I like a lot what do you like? exactly the same stuff to be perfectly honest because it's so good it's just so good I love the fact that they went for pie before they cleaned up the Countess's bits (laughs) it'll be fine just leave her there it's fine I love the nod to the tradition of the slayer for like fancies the demonic person and really they shouldn't but they do but Grimlock I find this one yeah I find this one a little bit awkwardly odd um because Grimlock is is two thousand ish years old in fucking sixteen, and the impression I certainly get is his heart. His, I mean, we do know his. He he loves another slave. Right. We don't, but, but we don't know who it is. But we don't know who it is. We know it's not Buffy. because she asks, just please tell me it's not my aunt Buffy, and he says it's not Buffy. So you know, thankfully Buffy's not having another relationship with some somebody. Um, but we don't know who it is. But we know that he's in love with the Slayer. Whether or not the Slayer is still alive or not, we do not know. We don't know what's going right. on. We should get some resolution next book, which I'm very excited about. Yes. Um, but it's less of the kind of intense relationship that 
I'm used to seeing with Buffy and Angel, and then later, spoilers, Buffy and Spike. Um, because it's more of a cute little crush. Right. I, th- I felt like it was just a crush because he is very exceedingly handsome. And of course... He's a man. A man. Oh, yeah. Of course you're going to have a crush on man. Mm-hmm. So... It wasn't icky. No. But Haley and Sigmund's crush on each other is just delightful and gives me life and I think they are cute and adorable. Yes. Yeah. They're actually my favourite characters, apart from Spike. Spike forever. Right, Spike. I love Spike forever. A thousand times Spike. Yes. Haley and Sigmund are my favourite characters because I love the fact that Haley is this goth character mm. who has fabulous eyeliner that's the dream to always have fabulous eyeliner um and has this like dark sarcastic wit but she's so capable like she just kicks ass but it's also worrisome how much she jumps into stuff without preparing i mean she got insta-demoned she did and she she jumped through the portal portal. and that could have been terrible it wasn't thankfully this time but it could have been bad yeah she's very impulsive and that she needs to pull that back yeah. it might have been because she's been so well protected by vi she's she's not being able to let that she out she feels like she's got to prove herself maybe mm, i think especially at the moment because we saw we see vi at the end vampire vampire Hunter, yeah she she's um, gotta be <sighs> Why would she be so wrapped up? There's no reason. Unless she was exploded and her body parts are missing. Well, exactly. Um, but I do wonder how much she feels like she has to prove her... Like, almost this is her form of paying rent to live in the Rosenberg house. Is to step up and help protect Frankie to prove her worth yeah. to keep so they keep her around. But it's Willow. She's she's adopted now. Yeah. Sorry, Haley. You know you're you one are of the family. Yep. Exactly. You need to change your surname to Scooby Gang now. Yes, that is so, your last name, not Rosenberg. Official, sorry. No. For whatever reason. Scooby yeah. Gang. <laughs> Scooby Gang. They're all changing their name to Scooby Gang yes. now. Yes, they are. And I kind of half wonder how much she's trying. Like that's what she's doing is to prove our worth, but then also prove that she is capable of looking after herself because with Vi not being there she is alone yeah but her like new BFF is the Slayer which also like makes her feel bad because she wants to be a Slayer so she's got to prove herself like just it's a whole like a circle it is but she's very capable like she has that she, she step, Spike wants to train her to make sure she, she can look after herself and he's impressed by yeah. you know her and initial ability she can make a steak to perfection and i'm not talking about a beef steak no. i'm talking about a the stabby stabby kind yeah while jake's steaks are all nubby and stupid looking hers are perfectly balanced nice long handle yes honestly like vi might have separated Haley from her slayer life but she's certainly picked things up yeah, somehow. Yeah, it's... Or it's just innately yeah, it's ingrained. Mm. 
And Sigmund, I do like Sigmund. Yes. He's the... I don't know if Sigmund's the new Giles or the new Willow to the group. Because he is the nerdy researcher who's the young one, but I get I get he he's like he's like an amalgamation of Willow and Giles yeah. to me. And I really because you know, he's got the magic but he's got the knowledge. Right. And I just like his awkwardness. He's like, I can't fight. I'm not good yeah, at that. Look at me. I'll Yeah. I'm, I'm so handsome, I can't help it, but I'm not a fighter. <laughs> he just and he's just generating this charm. It's so good. I do, and I, I appreciate the fact that Jake goes a little bit Xanderish on Sigmund at first, and it's this like alpha male jealousy. <sighs> you know, you're coming and stepping in my ground, yeah. but then after a very short period of time and no angsty annoyingness, the the friends. Yes. But Jake's like, no, I will cook. This is my domain. You go and research. But do you think that Sigmund could potentially be charming him because he can charm everyone? So if he's just oozing a little bit of charm out, so Jake's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're fine. I think Jake's too much of a doofus. <laughs> With all due respect, yeah. he's just a goofy little doofus who has seen that Sigmund is not a threat yeah. to his group he can actually enhance it. So it's welcome to the pack. Okay. And he, he can see that Sigmund is not a threat. Like, if you want to go down the wolf route, mm-hmm. he's not a threat yeah. to the hierarchy. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's... I don't think Sigmund's... He might have been using a little bit of juju at first. But I think it's fine. Well, also, he doesn't always realise that he's doing it, so... No, if he's nervous. <laughs> Do you, completely off topic slightly mm-hmm. have you ever heard of the Venga Boys it's a group it's a group from the 90s and they released a song called I think it was like Venga Bus or React Pie I can't remember but one of the lines is the Venga Bus is coming and everybody's jumping oh I know that song it's, yeah yeah, the Venga bus. Yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. No, I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Every, all, every, all the way through when we got to the virgins, I kept thinking the virgin, the virgin bus is coming, and everybody's jumping. Yeah, mm-hmm. You up to San Francisco, the interstate for disco. Yes. So yeah, it's the virgin. Bus. It's the virgin bus. I really enjoyed the virgin it's... bus and the virgin rave. I loved everything about all of that. It was ridiculous. <laughs> It was. It was. It was. Countess thanking your meals before. I, I mean, that's Stop very it. polite. Yes. <laughs> and then, and then Jake's like, "Oh no, the cops are here!" And everybody's running like, "Oh no, we're gonna get in trouble." And there's no. There's no one there. There's no cops there. Yeah. <laughs> Raid. We've been busted. Hmm. <laughs> It's good. And then all the virgins flee and they get on the virgin bus. <laughs> I can't lose my scholarship over this. My parents will go crazy. <laughs> <sighs> that was so funny. It was just, it just, it was a delight. I, the warehouse in my brain, I don't know if you'll ever encountered the bronze in the episodes that you've, you've the bronze is a nightclub that. I've seen it. Yeah. The, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for the people who haven't watched Buffy, the bronze in the in the show is um, 
a nightclub where all they just hang out. And I think it's only really for the first couple of seasons. And then it kind of fades away and is forgotten about. Um, and I, in my head, it the warehouse was where the bronze used to be. Oh. And it might not be true. It would be a but good yeah, place for a virgin rave, even though that took place at the mansion. And it wasn't actually well, it's a rave. No, and it's the starting point. Right. Where they get on the virgin bus. <laughs> With their... Um, With their glow sticks. sticks. Yes. The virgin bus is coming. <laughs> anyway, is it time? It is time. It is very much time. These are hard. These are a hard would you rather. <laughs> I've read the questions once and then that's it. That's all I do. I only ever read right because we can't. We can't. We can't think about the answers. We just have to come out with them. So, isn't it nice that we send them to you in advance? Because otherwise, it would be a million times worse. Yeah, like I. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible anyway. I love it. Okay, Let's what's our first in. question? Yes, please. So the first question was the one we asked on social media. So we do have a few comments to read as well. And it was, would you rather be a watcher or a slayer? Ooh. 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 On Facebook, it was 57% watcher. On Instagram, 63% slayer. On Twitter, 100% watcher. And on TikTok, 80% slayer. Wow. Yeah, I was actually surprised by the bounce around. Because if we go through the comments, because you do have a few good ones, they all seem to lean in one direction. For example, Drew on Facebook. This is a rough one because they both kind of suck. <laughs> but I think I would go with Slayer and get some cool powers. Caveat to Drew, she is a massive Buffy fan. She really so is. She knows the ins and outs of the job description. So yeah, I can understand why she thinks it's, neither's got job. Neither's got good job security, really. Oh, Annie on Facebook said, this is one of those shows I somehow missed most of it, but of what I remember, I really want to be Buffy, so Slayer? Constance said, hmm, I'm thinking Watcher, being the chosen one is cool, but being in the library, reading upon all your cult and doing research sounds more fun to me. I mean, hello, Giles and Spike. (laughs) (laughs) She is so thirsty. Yeah, she really is. I mean, everyone is for Spike, though, right? Yeah, it it got real thirsty on the chat it, this week. It did. It really, really did. Uh, Staff Inc. Creations on Instagram said, see, both, because she always cheats and says both. And she says, become a chosen one, then train the next one in line with all the awesomeness. P.S. I really should try to watch that Buffy show one day. So she hasn't watched it either. Hmm. Brie Tart on Instagram said, watch it because I would live longer and get to read all the books and do all the magic and have all the weapons. I really like, I really like her response. Uh, YA Under My Skin, Amy McCaw, uh, says, Buffy makes being a slayer look good, but in reality, I'm more watcher material. I do the research in my cozy library while someone else goes out and gets pummeled. Can I do it dressed like a slayer, though? Of course. Of course. of course. Of course. Another fellow author, Gail Carragher, said, Watcher. Which is completely okay. understandable if you know Gail Carragher. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, what about you, Kendara? What are you doing? Uh, oh, I thought maybe those comments would help me make up my mind. But, oh, like, my it's. 
question if it's like, do I get to be Buffy? Because then if I get to be a Slayer and the Slayer is Buffy, clearly I'd want to be Buffy. But if it's just Slayer or Watcher and they're both me, then I would have to go Watcher because I'd be the fastest killed Slayer in history. <laughs> I would be insta-dead. Uh, whereas a Watcher, I feel like I'd be a fairly crappy, overprotective Watcher, but you know, I'd make it through at least a season. <laughs> I'm glad you give yourself a whole season. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I don't think I would make it a whole season if like if I were a slayer. So I'm gonna be a watcher because already a librarian. It's I'm a, it's, it's basically the same. You so, are. Same. I'm a research assistant, so it's the job description. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I I'm a watcher. But I want the the, the buffy style. I've been rewatching Buffy this week and things that come it's all coming back to me and I remember wanting to dress like her and desperately shopping to to dress like her especially the sunglasses. I used to try and have my Buffy hair. Uh-huh. And remembering the music, I had the music on CD. I don't want all the CD player anymore so I don't have the CD. But yeah, it's I'm getting all the Buffy feels. So I'm like, yeah, I want to be Buffy, but I want to be the watcher more. With the secret past, like Giles. I want the Ripper past. Yeah, like, and sometimes you just let that fly out, you know, like in band candy, and just shock your slayer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's important. All right, next question. Yes. Would you rather go to the school dance or the purity rave? And you can treat them as if they are actual dances without vampires attacking, if you choose to. Do you want me to go first? Oh, yeah. You should definitely go first. Okay. I'm still uh, thinking. All the way. This one, all the way. Not only because I hate school dances, and I've always hated school dances, and ew, um, <laughs> but because the purity rave is friggin' catered. It's catered. There is <laughs> fancy punch, and all the hors d'oeuvres, there are charcuterie boards, there are cheese plates. I am going there and I am never leaving. I mean, even if I knew that it was going to get attacked at some point, I'm gonna to try to get as much you know, snack foods in me as I can before that happens. Right, eat all the cheese before. You sold me on the cheese. <laughs> the cheese, it was the cheese that did it, yeah. Yes, you said cheese board, I'm there. <laughs> the vampires can just nibble on my cheesy blood. <laughs> Oh. yeah i mean is it is it silly that i want to go to the purity rave but like for the rave part you know like the the glow sticks and the neon oh, yeah. lights yeah that's <laughs> i mean i've never been to a rave in real life but if i could go to a purity rave i'm gonna go there i've mosh pitted before <laughs> does that count no it's not the same because you didn't have a glowing pacifier in your mouth no, I've never had a glowing pacifier. I've had glowing, <laughs> glow sticks and I've moshed. It's, it's weird how the minute you put glow sticks in your hands, it's like you feel like you can dance. <laughs> but Even you're wrong. You can't, but you feel like <laughs> Do you have the disco exercise classes in America? There's, there's, it was like a massive fad that was going on. It still happened in the UK, but less so now because the pandemic's killed off a lot of the classes. Hmm. Probably literally. Um, and you you get dressed up in your neon stuff. You put your neon tutus on and your leg warmers and your 
and you get the glow sticks and the turn the lights down, put the disco music on, and then they have basically an exercise class, but it's a rave. No, no we did not. We did not get this, and we I feel cheated. Should we start it? You should. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, Panda is kind of winding down now. We could all we could have some safe classes, and yeah, I think people are going to be in the mood for neon tutus. Yeah, I think I'm going to make this a library program. You Ooh. should. It's exercise. It's positive, and yeah. you know, affects mental well-being as well. You get the whole yeah. thing. But then afterwards, yeah. you can go and eat the cheese board. Right. There will be a cheese board there as well. <laughs> yeah, that that should be how like the last ten minutes of class are spent. Yes. I could be lured to any trap if there was a cheese board involved. Yeah, there, it's the cardboard box with the stick and yes. the cheese board. If there was coffee in there as well, because there's the usual question in my house of what you prefer more, coffee or cheese. And a year later, I still haven't answered that question. Mm. I don't think I could put them together. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Good cup of coffee, really nice, mature, really sharp cheddar. No, I don't want to do that. Maybe it's because I oversugar my coffee. (laughs) Me too. Mm. My really my coffee's coffee. mostly cream. Oh, mine's bitter, bitter, bitter coffee. Like my soul. Mm. Now that might be nice. <laughs> Sharp cheese, bitter soul. That might be nice. Yes, I like it. I feel like that needs to be a shirt. I was just about to say we need that on a shirt. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm taking my notes. <laughs> Sorry. Anywho, speaking of sweet things, would you rather date Jake or Sigmund? Oh man, now this is a, this was a really unfair question because you can't ask me to choose between my boys. You have to. Scooby men. Have to. Oh, I, you need I to pick love Sigmund so much. Um, okay, who do I feel like would be more compatible? That that's how I would narrow it down. And honestly, even though my brain says that Sigmund and I would be very copacetic, my husband's more like Jake. Big, dopey, happy. Cheese on shoes. Super wagging tail all the time. Has a squeaky toy. He does. Oh my God, he has a squeaky toy. He does. So, <laughs> you married Jake. Jake. I, oh yeah. You can see the revelation just hitting. This is amazing TV. Yeah, everyone <laughs> needs to make sure they join the bonus tier so they can see it happen yeah, on Kendara's yeah. face. <laughs> Jake. So yeah, Jake. <laughs> I think that I'm married to Sigmund then because Jacob is very charming, like with everyone. And, you know, he's also really smart and he maybe enjoys being smarter than other people around him so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pick sigmund I'm gonna also pick the sigmund portaling there. hello portaling that would save you yeah. so much yeah trouble. It, it really would it really really would and i think it's probably better for the climate as well so you know if you were going down frankie's route and being concerned about it yes i can imagine it being you know zero carbon neutral Yes. I hope portaling is carbon neutral. I mean, I don't know if they've actually studied that. Like the energy uh, consumption, you know, where does portaling generate? I mean, it's not obviously gas-powered portaling, so it, it must be better. It must be. It, well, it, kind of, it must, like, 
suck the energy out of one place will poof it somewhere else. So it might even itself out. It might. The science of Portland. But what if you go from like a really polluted place to a non-polluted place? Then are you spreading the pollution because you've poofed it there? That's an excellent question though, because if you've portaled, what is the, how solid is that like portal gateway? You know, do you have to physically try and pass through it? Or do the gases pass through as well? It's a really good question. We need Sigmund. Question for Sigmund, yeah. Yeah, we need to ask him. Yeah. I think Jake would get on my wits ends. I would I would I would get the chew toy and throw it just to get rid of him for just five minutes. It's not a case of, you know, opposites attract. It's a case of Jake, I love you, but you're my friend he's solid friend zone material. Because then I can just leave him at home and then have a break. Whereas with Sigmund, I think he would respect the fact that I'm like, I'm going to go upstairs and read my book for a little while. Or, you know, I'm going to go and play Xbox for a little while. Or I just need some me time. And I think he would respect that because then he would enjoy me time as well. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm, Sigmund. Mm. All right. Would you rather be in Buffy's time or Frankie's time? That's tough. Mm. But I was in Buffy's time. This is like asking. (laughs) Do you want to go back to your 16-year-old self? Oh, do you want to be 16 now? Is that the question? (laughs) Not necessarily, but if you're breaking all the rules, which we do often. (laughs) There are rules. We can break them. Yeah. Because you could take this question however you want. You could be, are you 16 in either like era? Or are you going to be Buffy's age, 16 in the 1990s, and basically like Willow's age now? I am the same age as Willow. Like, I'm going to take the easiest way out and say that I already was in Buffy's time. So I'm going to like Pee Wee Herman the answer. Say that I don't have to see it, Dottie, because I lived it. And that's... <laughs> Yes, thank you for that. That was very good. I'm glad you peewee did. You don't often get a chance to peewee anymore. You really, really don't. And you always get the opportunity to peewee whenever you can peewee. Yes, definitely. Yes. <laughs> um, sheesh. I don't know which time that I want to be in because... I feel like, I mean, I need to have a revelation here, which we're going to have to talk about later on. But um, I've only watched a handful of Buffy episodes. I really liked the movie as a kid, but I didn't watch the TV show. I mean, I have watched several episodes now, recently, as in last weekend, I watched like the top nine episodes or something, but... Oh my gosh, I still want to know which episodes there are. Those I will are. Send, on, talk. Yes, I I will I need to share the link. I'll I'll send you the link that um of the episodes that I watched. But um like I love everything that happened in Buffy and I need to watch all of the rest of the episodes. But now getting into this world through Frankie, like I kinda wanna be in Frankie's time. I, I'm I'm a newbie. I'm a newbie Scooby. You're a new Scooby. New Scooby. So, yeah, so I'm going to be in Frankie's time. God, I don't know. You see, I could I could easily pee-wee Herman as well. You just wanted to say that you would pee-wee something. 
I always want to pee wee something. <laughs> I usually tell you I'm pee weeing before we start recording as well. That's right. Uh, you do. <laughs> I'll be there soon. You gotta pee wee. See, that's the problem. The, pro- the problem is the moment because I've, like I said, I'm, I'm rewatching it again and I'm getting all the nostalgic feels and I'm remembering being 16 and my body is failing me at the moment. I want to be back then in the 90s. But being a 16 year old was freaking awful. Like, yeah, no, no, thank you. No. I like the internet. My friends are all on the internet. <laughs> My only friends are on the internet. <laughs> I have friends who live 15 miles away and I internet them more than I ever see them face to face. So, can I live with the I think it feels like it's boiling down to can I live without Wi Fi? The answer is no. 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 I'm a millennial through and through. I need to live now. But with 90s house prices. Mm, that's it. That, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> no, I think, I, I think I'm going to have to be Frankie's time. You know, I wouldn't mind being the willow of the piece or, you know, the, the aging watcher or, you know, being with Giles on the Watchers Council because I've, I've lived it. I've done it. So, yeah, Frankie's. And they say you can mould the new scoobs a little bit. Perhaps. Yeah. Take the wisdom. Yeah, now, Frankie's time. Press the bangs. Mm. You you won't have hit a lot of the episodes where the the, the bangs are just like this wispy little thing just here. Oh, the bangs! Yes, yeah. Wait, it's just the wispiest little thing, and then that's it. That is the bang. I could well, essentially do it now. I mean, that's that's the nineties. That's the nineties. It's the nineties and the early two thousands. The the UK hairstyle in the nineties was to have a bit thicker on the hair, you tie at the front, and then you tie the rest back. And then that's it. You just have these wisps of these thicker wisps of hair at the front dangling yeah. down, getting that's in the way. Girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Or the alternative was you have a full on fringe with a full on bang, and you have two hands of hairspray, one to put under the hair, and the other one to actually spray it into place. That was a thing in the 90s as well. It's really not good. good. No. It's not good. No. I did the thing where you, like, you you make this this part big and round with a big round brush. Oh, it wow. was sexy. Yeah. yeah. I gotta say, it was probably the sexiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> what is our last question? Yikes. Would you rather have nineties hat no? <laughs> no. Would you rather be the countess or Grimlock? This is a hard question. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, the Countess had so much fun, but you know, Grimlock's like a hot, broody demon. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I'd rather be Grimlock. Yeah, he's ancient. He's super hot, like stupid hot, and you know, he doesn't have any of the vampire limitations. He can go out whenever he wants to. And um, he, his, you know, I mean, he's he's just less vulnerable. I mean, he was not scared of the Countess. So between a one-to-one, it would have been a really close call. Yeah, he but, wasn't bothered that she stuck a hand in his chest. No. Yeah, and like the cute little fangies and the eyes that flash. And yeah. he, I think he has a really good wardrobe, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You only sometimes have to eat hearts. 
Yeah, or organs. I mean, you can yeah. pick and choose your organs, and yeah. um, then you you kind of absorb the essence of those organs. So we've all like been that... to Scotland. Well, Amanda's <laughs> never been. No, we've all heard of haggis. That's just yes. basically organs. So just have some haggis. You're fine. Well, and you can be really selective. I feel like it'd make mealtime more interesting. Mm. Cheese board. Mm. Cheese board. You could have oh. the cheese board. Perfect. Like if, if he was to eat your liver, Claire, I feel like he would just have insatiable cravings for cheese and coffee for like a the, month. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. I got wrong for tonight for wanting to put too much cheese on my dinner. That's not a thing. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Well, that's my argument, but I got shot down. Say I'm trying to eat as much cheese. Trying to be good. I don't know why you would ever do such a thing. (laughs) Um, I'm going to answer this question now. I am going to be the countess on account of the bathing in blood. And are, you know, just, I'm doing it. (sighs) To be Elizabeth Bathory. Oh my God, that bitch has style. Mm. I've loved Elizabeth Bathory for all the fact that she was a murderous, murderous person. And I've just got panache. You yeah. can't deny that. Yeah, she's bad. I like her. Yeah. You remember that movie Stay Alive starring Malcolm in the Middle? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad that it's Dylan in Malcolm that video Middle. game was Elizabeth Bathory. That was like such like a fun concept and such a terrible, like delightful, terrible film. Yes. Really, yeah. yeah, it's not a good one. Yeah, but it's so much like I would watch it, and if it's still on, I'll turn it on. I'm like, this is fun. I don't care. It's stupid, and I'll watch it forever. Throw a rose, Frankie Muniz. It's great. <laughs> yeah. That was the best. Like, what? Vi- <laughs> Trying to make this horror video game, and the way that you save your life is to throw a rose. Throw a rose. Yeah, gamers yeah. love that. Yeah, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it's like Moonlight Night, you know, like Tuxedo Mask. We just yeah. throw rows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so weak. Jesse from Pokemon also throws roses. Yeah. Jesse's got style, though. Yeah. I will not or, have a bad No, it's James. Jessie, it's James that has the roses. It's James that it has is. the roses. Jesse yeah. did Sorry. go through a period of holding a rose as well, but James is the iconic rose. Yeah. yeah. What is that in, like, anime is there like a, a rose hero theme that a rose is the only appropriate way to interrupt a conversation maybe i feel like we need to research this i think we need to like do it like this needs to be a thing like we should actually start carrying roses around in case we need to just interject yes yeah throw a rose and say our point exactly. yes <laughs> that's what you do you can make it a thing i try not to question anime it's just it's just bonkers as it is so just yeah it's good that's a good policy you just go with it yeah just watch don't ask just don't ask questions and then if somebody says something weird or dirty or involves snakes or tentacles at any point you go i've seen enough hentai to know where this is going yep i haven't but i do (laughs) yeesh yeesh Okay, so it's the end of Would You Rather. Favorite final thought quote? 
Okay, out of the many that I know are there in the book, gosh darn it. Yes, all of them. The I'm whole be, book. I'm going to, yeah, from page one to 300? I don't remember how. 392? I don't know because I listened to it even though I own the book. Which is what happens. I did both. I'm going to give you three. Okay. Every dress is a goth dress with the right eyeliner and boots. Yes, it's true. Spike was in Sunnydale now, but was anyone ever really afraid of Spike? I, that line stood out to me in the audiobook <laughs> as I was crossing a very busy road and I was giggling. <laughs> and my last one, which links to the bonus episode... Yes. That was all cheese. Which kind of love. <laughs> <laughs> what are yours? Alright. Let's see. Um one of my favorite things about Kendara Blake's books, which I haven't said and I didn't say to her, was that I love that she has chapter headings. Oh. I know. It's so wonderful. But I really love that she does that. So one of my favorites was Billy Idol, but make it librarian. (laughs) Because, I mean, librarian, hello. I also really like, um, let's see. Jake, if you start marking territory, I won't hesitate to spray you with a bottle of water. I also really like you can't grow up around that kind of power and not dream of it for yourself. Yes. Yes. And then finally because it's true because it's me referencing you (laughs) I know dirty British slang when I hear it. And then move to the bonus episode. <laughs> because there's a very great conversation about dirty British slang. That we've also talked about before! <laughs> yes! Oh my god. Callbacks. So, so many callbacks. <laughs> okay. If you liked this, try this. What do you have? Oh, I struggled. Right? Me too. Me too. And I think it's funny that you did what you did because I was going to do that too, but with something different. Awkward. But you'll understand when we share what we're sharing. Fair. I was going to do a Buffy book. I initially thought, I I initially wrote down in our script I was going to do a Buffy book. But that changed my mind. And I'm going to tell you to go and read Mina and the Undead by Amy McCall. Which I have said before. Right. But not only said before on recommendations. We have discussed this on this podcast. Yes. Episode 136. Yes. Plus the bonus episode. Before. Right. But it's there in the 90s. It just calls back to all the vampire fiction, media, everything that we adore and yes. love. So 
pure. It's not even hashtag tenuous no, link. It's, it's hashtag right in yes, the mix. Yes, right there. And to top it all off, today of day of recording, right. the sequel, Mina and the Slayers, the cover was revealed and the pre-order links went Right. Up. And it's coming in September 2022. And if it doesn't have a vampire vampire hunter in it... We're quitting. We're going to be very upset. Yes. Yeah. Strongly worded tweet. Also, already so, pre-ordered it. Because, yes. of course. Exactly. Yeah. Of yeah. course. So, the summary from Goodreads. Mina is staying with her sister in New Orleans for Fangfest 1995. She's thrilled to land a job in a horror movie mansion, reconnecting with her sister while they scare the tourists. When Mina stumbles upon a body at work, she's dragged into a murder investigation. Someone is replicating New Orleans' darkest myths, and Mina must discover the truth before she becomes the latest victim. Mm. Now, there are Buffy references in the book, <laughs> but it's Buffy movie, not Buffy TV right, show. Right, because Buffy because TV it's set show in doesn't exist yet. Buffy TV show didn't exist yet. <laughs> exactly. 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 But Keith Sutherland being a vampire is certainly referenced. Mm. Yes. Can we give Kandara's recommendation? Uh, Yeah, I think that we should give Kandara's recommendation. She suggests Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer by Casey Gilley and illustrated by Joe Jaro, which is a graphic novel. Buffy. It's fantastic. Do we want to read this summary? Can can I just just say what my recommendation was going to be, but then I'll read this summary. Yes. Okay, so my recommendation was going to be that you read Kendara Blake's other vampire book, All These Bodies, oh, which was yes. one of my favorite books of last year. And we talked about it, and we talked to Kendara about it, and we also talked to Matt Godfrey, the narrator of the audiobook, because that was perfection. He's so nice. So nice. You know, I was talking to him on Twitter the other day about the faculty. I see. <laughs> I saw, I read the, I read the thread. Yes. So, do you know what episode all these bodies is? No, because one six four. Because nobody knows the episode numbers. I do. It's you do, but it's Go not public it for the world to know. Well, it gives you an idea. It does. Go back and listen to that episode. Those episodes, all October, three of them, because they were great. Last year. What? I was October last year. I think yeah, it was. Yeah. Ish. Fall. 2021. Yes. But now back to Kandara's recommendation that we have to share. Buffy, the last vampire slayer. On an alternate Earth ravaged by climate change, vampires daywalk unimpeded under a polluted sky. Hey, we know another book with daywalking vampires because the sun has gone away. Empire of the Vampire, Jay Kristoff. Please go back oh, and listen to th- all of that. That's so I know. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. But anyway, even amidst the dystopian harmony between the vampire regime and their human cattle, a hardened 50-year-old Buffy Summers stumbles across hope in the form of a little girl that believes she is the last slayer. A rebellion is brewing. A new Scooby gang for Buffy, led by a secret leader. Can this familiar face, along with Buffy and the Rebellion, turn the tide by bringing back the sun through science? Science! And possibly even magic! Magic! 
talked about both of those things. Which do you prefer, science or magic? Both! All of them. The multiverse explodes as writer Casey Gilly, Star Wars, My Little Pony, and artist Joe Jaro, Firefly, along with colorist Joanna LaFuente, Fence, and letterer Ed Dukeshire, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, wow, so many amazing things, bring you a dystopian <laughs> tale of Buffy Summers as you've never seen her before. And now they're all wrapped up in the collection, Kandara says, so you can get the whole thing together. And it's great. Love it. So great. It. So great. Everything about it is great. Do we have an empty spot like that? We do. We just got this one today, day of recording, and this book doesn't come out until October. But it's called Dead Man's Hand by James J. Butcher who has a very famous father author if if you recognize the name so anyway debut novel on the streets of boston the world is divided into the ordinary usuals and the paranormal unorthodox and in the department of unorthodox affairs the auditors are the magical elite government-sanctioned witches with spells at their command and all the power and prestige that comes with it. Grimshaw Griswold Grimsby is not one of those witches. After flunking out of the auditor training program and being dismissed as not department material, Grimsby tried to resign himself to life as a mediocre witch. But he can't help hoping he'll somehow, someway, get another chance to prove his skill. That opportunity comes with a price when his former mentor, aka the most dangerous witch alive, is murdered down the street from where he works. And Grimsby is the auditor's number one suspect. Proving his innocence will require more than a little legwork, and after forming a strange alliance with the retired legend known as the Huntsman and a mysterious being from elsewhere, Grimsby is abruptly thrown into a life of adventure, whether he wants it or not. Now all he has to do is find the real killer, avoid the auditors on his trail, and most importantly, stay alive. <laughs> yeah, that that would be helpful. Yeah. It might help. I thought it sounded super fun and it's not out yet. It does. But we learned about it. So if it if it's anywhere influenced by the other relative, the other butcher, the other butcher then yeah so right okay well i'm gonna go and watch more buffy i know i need to go and do that too i need to go and do that too um that is it for this episode of fictional hangover remember to go and check out the bonus i know we keep mentioning it but it's really really good so go and check out the bonus episode i'm amanda Join us next time as we discuss Horrid by Katrina Mm. Leno. (laughs) Mm. 
Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you like this episode, check out our others, and rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.